1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. I'm going to read that again. Herein, or this is how our love is made perfect, that we may have boldness when Satan comes against you. Because as Jesus is right now, so are we in this world. When I read that years ago, a lot of fear left me. You mean to tell me as Jesus is right now, so am I in this world? Yes, that's why we told you you could have boldness. I mean, because in a lot of us, we're approaching things as though we are, we are uh, God's pets and not his sons. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so he said, as Jesus is in heaven, so are we in this world. So I just wrote down a couple of things here. How would Jesus act in a bad situation if he switched places with you? One of the things that Christians have to learn how to do is talk their way out of a situation. You cannot come to church and run around and talk about it. Well, if Jesus says yes, then nobody can say no. And then you go home and say, well, it looks like Jesus saying no every day. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do, Jesus. I don't, you know, all of the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. That's what the scripture says. You can't come to church and you can't read the Bible if you read it and then read that and then don't do that. It is those that do the word, not those that confess it, that get the promises. You got to read this, confess it, and then do and actually live it like it's true. And that's the thing is people are satisfied coming to church and pretend land. Let's come to church and pretend like we have the victory. Let's come to church and pretend like we have humility. Let's come to church and pretend like we really do walk in love and we love our husbands and our wives and our kids. Let's pretend like we can really beat the devil up. We're just going to come to pretend like we're going to come to church on Sunday and have a great big old pep rally. But when we get home on Monday, we're already trying to figure out how to pay the bill. And the first scripture that I said is, if you operate in that mode, it says because Satan has deceived you because you don't know who you are. You have to. Do you know that the word patience means to be constant and the same, whether it's up or down? Quit talking about, well, you know, it's just ups and downs in life. No, in the kingdom, it's ups and ups. I increase you more and more. I'll take you from glory to glory. Your path will become brighter and brighter. No ups and downs in the kingdom. That's human experience. Oh, man. I mean, if you, I mean, I want you to think about, hey, ma'am, I'm sorry to tell you that you have cancer and you have six weeks to live. <gasps> I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, Jesus, I'm depressed. You can forget about what the Bible says. Bible, you're more than a conqueror. You're an ambassador. You're the son of God. You're a Lord. You're a king. You're a priest. I can do all things through Christ. No weapon in form. You didn't confess that every single Sunday. As soon as the doctor gives you a bad news, you're out. Huh, get the casket ready. This is it. I'm coming to join you, Elizabeth. <laughs> or James, whoever it is. <laughs> but honestly, if God could switch places with you and we put the cancer on the inside of him, how long would it exist? What would he say? He already did this, by the way, because he took our infirmities, carried our sicknesses, and by his stripes, we are already healed. You believe that, but you don't know that. That's why the Bible says continue in the word and you will come to the place where you will know what you're confessing. Know what you're shouting about. Know what you're reading. And when you know it, at the moment you know, your body will switch like a light switch and the cancer will disappear. That's how you get healed by faith. Because if you believe something, there's still doubt there. If I tell you right now that Prince is out there with a, with a purple guitar, no, dude, he died. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's just playing around. Now, if I keep on telling you this, you will at least say, okay, pastor don't seem to be backing off of this. Let me get up and go look outside and see what's up, okay? Now, but if how many know, if you get in the middle of the street and you see Prince out there with a 
Y'all know what I'm saying. When you see it, and see, that's what's so, that's what's so powerful. You, when, when, you're, um, when you're in the Word, you're hearing it. And the, and the Holy Spirit's job is to turn scriptures into pictures. Because a man can doubt what he hears, but no man doubts what he sees. No man doubts what he sees. And so you have to spend enough time in the Word so that your mind sees it. Because you never see with your eyes. You only see with your mind. That's why the Bible says Satan blinds the mind, not the eyes. Because your mind determines how you see, not your eyes. That's why you can take, from, you can take people to a painting, a painting exhibit. Ten people will see differently based on how they think. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so your mind is what determines how you see. So you have to spend enough time in the word and the Holy Spirit begins to take scriptures and as he begins to turn them into pictures and eventually that picture will stick and no man doubts what he sees. I'm teaching like multiple teachers here at the same time. I'm almost done. Almost all marriage problems are a result of one or more persons approaching the marriage from an unscriptural attitude. I'm going to look now. Matter of fact, I'm going to just look at my imaginary. This is when I, the first time visitors, this is when I activate my imaginary congregation on the back wall. And I have to look at them. They seem to be sitting down too today, but I'm going to see if they're going to give me an amen. My imaginary congregation, I'm going to look at the ceiling. If God was a husband, if Jesus was a husband, what type of husband would he be? Would he be like you? What grade would he give you? Because he said, as Jesus is, so am I in this earth. If Jesus was a wife, what type of wife would he be? Mm, mm, mm. What type of supervisor would he be? What type of employee would he be? All of these instructions, all the instructions for this in the word. Everybody's sitting there all real still and shaking and everything. Lord, I knew I should have stayed at home and watched my favorite movie in the rain. This preacher stepping on my toes now. Men love your wives according to how you feel. Doesn't say that. Men love your wives depending on if she got on your nerves today. Doesn't say that. Men love your wives depending on if she does everything you say. Doesn't say that. Men love your wives as Christ loves the church. Also, don't be bitter against your wives. Now that's a warning because don't get don't don't throw your shoes at me, ladies. But sometimes, if you're not careful, there are some wives that carry themselves in such a way it can cause a man to be bitter. Amen. Amen. Men love your wives as Christ loved the church. You gotta ask yourself a question. If you, I mean, think about this. Most people don't realize this. When you get married in the in the faith, the husband is a representation of what Jesus would be like if he was a husband, Amen. and the wife is a representation of what Jesus would be like if he was a wife. Ooh, man. Men love your wives as Christ loved the church. Don't be bitter against them. Uh Uh-oh, here come the ladies' term. Women, submit to your husbands as you feel like it. Women, submit to your husbands based on if he getting on your nerves or not. Women, submit to your husbands. I can keep doing this all day, but I feel rocks getting ready to come on me. Matter of fact, I feel like I'm getting ready to be stoned right now. Jesus, I think I might need some Holy Ghost protection. Women, submit to your husbands as you would to Christ. So a wife is supposed to carry herself the way Jesus would, ooh, Jesus, let her, and watch this, this is what the scripture says about being a wife, let her do him good all the days of his life. Let him always be ravished with your love and not your complaining. Mm, Jesus. Oh, man, I feel like I need to get saved and I'm not even. Y'all, whether you want to hear this or not, whether you want to hear this or not, when you stand before the Lord, you are going to be judged as a God, not a human. Because he's going to say, I made you like me, then gave you the equipment that my son had. 
We don't realize what it means to have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and you think you're supposed to act a fool and live like a normal human being? And this, and see, see, we read that scripture, Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. We put sinners in that category. Wrong. Believers are in that category more than sinners. Believers just don't know they're supposed to come to Jesus. But when they come to Christians, he tricks us out the whole Bible. Living normal. Everybody say, keep going. Keep going. We're on our, we're on our home stretch, as the Baptist preachers say, because they don't feel in me today. Y'all. When I read, sorry, seriously, though, when I read Rick Jordan's book, The Final Quest, and he was allowed to walk up to married couples, nobody was happy that they had carried themselves the particular way that they carried themselves, okay? You know, when, you know, see, Jesus as a husband, guess what Jesus would do? I, I can prove to you what he would do as a husband to a wife, is that he would make up all the shortcomings of his wife. Because how many know that God is already making up all the shortcomings of your raggedy self? I said raggedy because I had my hand up first, okay? You see, you have no idea how the Lord has covered your, your behind. You have no idea how many times he's forgiven you before you ask for forgiveness. He, you have no how many, how many times he's given you favor when you didn't deserve it. How many times he spoke to you, but you were unqualified to hear. You have no many times that he's protected you from airplanes and accidents and, and car accidents and robberies and, and carjacking. You don't realize how many times the Lord blessed your food for you because you were salivating so much you didn't even say grace and you just eating it. You ever done that? You get, you're so hungry you can't even say grace. Jesus, you're going to have to hit this another day because I'm just so hungry. I mean, I didn't. My wife would tell you that's me. I'm sitting there like, I can't even say grace. Jesus, I got to go ahead and eat. You know how many times God has covered you and you didn't get poison from E. coli? Why are you acting a fool? Y'all understand what I'm saying? So God, through his Holy Spirit and Jesus, they already, the Bible says Jesus is interceding for you right now in heaven. Why are you trying to get your act together? So God is doing this for you. So he considers you the greatest hypocrite when you won't do this for your spouse. Oh, Lord. Man, I might not have a church next week, Lord. That's all right, though. I'll start another one. Same thing when it comes to the wife, Okay. Your, the wife is supposed to make up the shortcomings of the husband. Y'all, I have to be transparent with you. When my wife went to Bible school before I did. I know my wife doesn't like me to tell me this story. I went to Bible school. I only went because the Holy Spirit told me. That's the only I would have never went to these old dry Bible schools where you go in living and come out dead. Even Jesus told them that. He said, man, y'all send a guy to Bible school. They say when he Jesus said this. He said when they graduate, they come out twofold more the child of the devil. Okay, well, I had already studied everything, so I only went because the Holy Spirit told me. So as a result of that, I'm not really that good with homework, so I had my wife do it for me. Yeah, no problem. That's what a spouse is for. What? I didn't mean it. Somebody took that the wrong way. Look, just in case some of y'all got that twisted, if you come to my house, I am my wife's personal slave. I am my wife's personal slave. That is what a wife is for. The Bible says she's called to be a helpmeet. She's supposed to help him because he need help. He need help. The men need help. Even a perfect man, Adam was perfect. And still needed help. And God said he needed help. So ladies, if the man asks you to help him, it's because he really does need it. You don't take offense to that. Thank God. Thank God that he's called me to help him because he would be a mess all by himself. <laughs> That's the truth. I mean, that has always bothered me. Not bothered me in that sense, but Adam is perfect. 
God said, it's perfect. I've created something just like me. And he said, then the next sentence is, it's not good for this dude to be alone. We're going to have to create and help meet for him. And there are some people, male and female, they ain't interested in helping you. They're interested in helping themselves. Y'all, there are times, y'all, sometimes I do feel like a doggone slave in my own household. My wife will tell you, I'm always thinking ahead of what she's thinking. I'm always thinking, okay, she's getting ready to leave the house. Does she have enough gas in her car? I'm always thinking, ooh, my wife doesn't like driving when it's a sunshine outside. So I know she is not going to feel like taking the kids to school this morning and it's raining outside. So I don't ask her. I said, well, I do ask the question, knowing what the answer is going to be. You want me to take the kids to school? Oh, absolutely. I want you to take the school. I'm always thinking about her. That's all I'm thinking about. You know what the scripture says? Scripture says a single person is only concerned about how they will please the Lord. Y'all read the Bible at least once. It says, but a married person says that their concern is about how they can please their spouse. I want you to think about that. The scripture says a married person's main concern is how they can please their spouse. And when you stand before God, you're going to be judged based on what the Bible said about you pleasing your spouse. Jesus. Oh, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it in Jesus. <laughs> and then that's why Paul said, he said, now be careful. He said, don't overdo it and forget about God. Y'all remember that? Yeah. But the main concern of a single person, but it's, sometimes it's twisted. Sometimes it's the married people that serve in the house of God and the single people, they're on vacation all day long. Gone. <laughs> Ain't found them nowhere. Yeah, everything is backwards nowadays, Okay. But, and so don't get married if you don't try and plan, on, plan on pleasing anybody. And they, well, let me say this. There are times when I'm tired of doing stuff for my wife because I do so much. But guess what I recognize? And I don't mean I'm sitting around with an attitude. Man, I can't believe it. That my girl, oh, man, I can't believe it. It's just sometimes what my wife comes up with like, dude, I am tired. I'm not trying to do this because, I mean, you would think that I was her personal butler. <laughs> Driving her around all over the place. She got two hands and two feet. And we, I got out of church, just preached and counseled to everybody. Take my kids someplace, come home. Can you take me to the store? Man, how many of you know, you got these ladies like my wife that, that when I'm not at home, one day, one day I got really upset with my wife because y'all remember those old big flat screen televisions that weigh like a car. And, and when, when men are not around, women tend to like turn into the Incredible Hulk. And they seem to have the supernatural anointing of strength that comes upon them and, and all that type of stuff. But then when you come home, I just went to grocery shopping. Can you carry this loaf of bread? And it's, it, just, it becomes so weak when we're on. It's crazy. I'm going to just say that. There are some women you don't get help because of your callous attitude. Okay. Now, now, in the beginning of my marriage, my wife used to do that. You know, I'll wash the dishes. She didn't like the way I washed the dishes. The question is, are the dishes clean? So you might need to disappear while I'm vacuuming. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because some people, when we wash dishes, you know, like I'm the type of individual, I just keep turning the faucet on and off, on and off. Some individuals, they just leave that thing and just run it, and the water bill just going up high. It's not even that deep. And so, but you got to be very, very careful because... A spouse is your equal. They are not your slave. 
I don't see my wife any less as a person because of her shortcomings and vice versa. But there are some people that if you have a shortcoming, they see you as a slave. They don't even see you as a real person. You're even not even you're not even a real woman. You need to do your part around here. You're not even a real man. Let me tell you something. The worst thing a woman can do is keep telling a man that he's not a real man. Because he won't be because what you're doing is you're creating one. He won't be a real man for you. He'll be a real man for some other girl that'll come across the path that'll be killing you. I've watched that. We would have never believed that based on how we were taught. We would believe, you know, they said, where we came from, they taught, well, if you marry, if you, if you marry somebody and it's not, how many were taught this? If you marry somebody and it wasn't the will of God, it becomes the will of God when you marry them. How many of you were told that? That's amazing. How many? And, and my wife said something yesterday. She was telling somebody something. She said, let me ask you a question. If it wasn't the will of God for you to turn left, how did it become the will of God after you turn left? No, if it wasn't the will of God, it's, no, let me, Jesus. And you have to do the best that you can. But let me tell you something. The worst thing in the world, you all, is when I'm going to put myself in the equation because this is how I carry myself. I don't care about nobody else. When I stand before God, the scripture says I will give an account for every idle word that I spoke. In other words, we will have a Rolodex in front of you, Otha Turnbull, while you think you're so deep. And that Rolodex, that's not even a Rolodex, the piece of paper, whatever it is, as it's called, is going to have a list of all of the things that you said over your wife that Jesus would have never said. And as we read it to you, you will watch your reward come crashing down to the ground. You get in heaven, but you'll be on the shame show forever. Bible causes it the way you'll be clothed with shame because when you get to heaven, just the clothes you are allowed to wear are dependent upon how you carry yourself on planet Earth. I don't have any man in my life, period, that believes in speaking against his wife. That's why my circle is real small. I don't care. God, the guy didn't ask me to pastor a church to be friends with everybody. So I'm good being by myself. I'd rather be by myself and bring it and be a man versus all these little punks out here. I don't know what this thing is out here today calling this. I don't know what this is out here. I don't know the girls, boys in between toys. I don't know what this thing is. A gigolos. I don't know what it is. Men trying to be girls, girls trying to be boys. You know, men trying to be, uh, men trying to be uh, the, uh, never mind. Let me just, it's just messed up, you all. And, I, and, and the thing is that my wife and I said we're going to create a different platform because guess what we don't have time for? And this is just me being rough and tough for a moment because y'all know I'm not normally like this. Guess what I don't have time for? I don't have people time. We don't have the time to waste time with people who've been in church for a long time. And you know the word. You just don't want to do it. You just come into church and pretending. And the sad part is one day pretend land will be over. And when you stand before the Lord, all your little cocky made me excuses ain't going to fly. Well, you know, he was this and he was that and he was this and he was that and he was this. And she's going to be looking at you like, mm, 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 mm. you did not get the point. My wife is called to serve me and I am called to serve her. And when you serve someone, you're there to make up the shortcomings that they have, not with an attitude, but from a place of love. I have zero problem serving my wife, period. Ask my wife how many times in our marriage, just in the last five years, she's asked me something and I said no. Now, if it's something crazy, like, you know, can I create a spaceship and fly to Pluto for a moment? No, you can't do that. It's pretty much the only thing that I don't let my wife do, pretty much. 
Now, I ain't talking about Jesus. Can I go spend $5,000? Uh, no, I don't think so. We're not talking about that type of stuff. It's pretty much the only thing that I'll say to my wife. I do not, you know, she breaks this rule sometimes. I don't let my wife go out shopping at, at nighttime. I just don't. Now, guess what? She can have a choice. She can fight that. Psh, I'm my own woman. I mean, what you think? I'm some little girl. I'm some little slave. I can't take care of myself. Or she can recognize that she has a husband that values her so much, I don't want you out there at nighttime, lest I'm on CNN shooting up half of Walmart. Because I will shoot up half Walmart over my wife and kids. That already happened one time. Not Walmart, but I did end up making a name for myself in the neighborhood. Pitbull came on my property. They still talk about that. Man, that lady that lived next door to us. I've been over the lady's house. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me just go ahead and close this. I'm getting the flesh. It's raining. We got another minute. Yeah, I was over this lady's house, and I don't know why she asked me this. And I said, oh, I said, I said, I would always do whatever it takes to protect my family. She told me later on, she said, I thought you was one of them phony baloney preachers. She said, until I saw you kill that pit bull, I realized she said, oh, he ain't no joke. He will do whatever is necessary to protect his family. My wife knows that. And I know that if I ask my wife to do something, she's going to make that a priority. Not uh, what type of man you are. Can't even say it right. What type of man you are. You can't even handle your business. You can't do this and you can't do that. Oh, I should have never married you. You ain't nothing but a wimp. Never understand that if you are a Christian, you're operating in God's power and you're actually creating forces to cause your spouse to become what you keep saying. How many know this is real talk? How many know we all got to improve in this area? It's okay to lift your hand. It's okay if your spouse, your spouse already know you're crazy, so go ahead and lift your hand anyway. Best thing you can do is, let me tell you something. It does not matter how many times that my, now my wife is not making me mad all the time. I don't want you to get that impression, but it doesn't matter how many times my wife will make me mad. If she simply comes to me in humility with that puppy dog face, I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. I'm just such a heathen. I'm just, <laughs> I just threw that in for good measure. So. Oh, trust me, when she come up here and preaches, she go get me real good. Y'all know what I'm saying, humility. I'm really, really sorry. I'm trying to get myself together. Y'all, it is okay for you to be married to somebody that got issues. Because while you're judging them about their issues, you have forgotten about yours. Mm. It's easy to point a finger at somebody and you forgot about the three hidden ones that are pointing back at you. And watch this. It's so easy to see that because there are certain areas that my wife is weak in. And, there are certain, and, and the areas that she's weak in, I might be strong in. So all I see is her weakness. And I don't see her strength. I don't see my weakness and how she makes up the difference when it comes to my... Y'all understand what I'm saying? You have to see correctly and watch this since I'm on marriage, Jesus. Oh, goodness. Okay. My, you, your, your spouse can be improving in front of your very eyes and you don't even know it. Okay. So let's say, for example, that my, my, early in our marriage, we both had certain issues. My wife, she, was, uh, she's, she talks a lot. Okay. I don't, not, not from a negative point of view, but she talks. She would interrupt me a lot. Okay. So let's say that she recognizes, man, I don't never let my husband talk. He can't get a word in edgewise. So watch this. Let's say that just for example's sake, she interrupts me 10 times a minute. Now, she recognizes that as an issue, she recognizes that as a problem, and she begins to improve. So now watch this. If now she only, by improvement, she only interrupts me five times a minute, how many of you know she's improved by 50%? I can't see that. All I see is the interruption.
This is what's so dangerous about not confessing the word. You know what? When God, oh, Jesus, I can't get off this. Well, let me go on this side. When the Lord calculates how much you prayed for your spouse versus how much you complained about them, how much you spoke the word over your spouse versus you spoke negative things over your spouse, you might find, if you're not careful, that the scales are tipped in the wrong direction. I never will forget this a long man. This scared me so bad I didn't even tell my wife this for years, and this and, and this goes true for women too. Now this was in my particular case, not everybody's case. I never will forget this as long as I live. I was upset about my wife or something. This was years ago. I was sitting in the parking lot, little security guard. I'm out there in the dark, garden, this old raggedy building, and I'm just man. I'm just feeling low, and I'm upset at my wife. And never forgot that there are two things that God told me, and I thought it was going to kill me. I couldn't almost. I buckled under the weight of it. One thing he told me about my kids, another one he told me about my wife, and I'll never forget this. He said, whatever problems you think you're having out of your wife, I'm having the same problems out of you. And if you will correct the problems that I'm having out of you, you won't have to say nothing to your wife. I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow. It don't matter how hard the pill is, you better swallow it, otherwise, never mind Jesus. Don't get married if you don't plan on being a servant. Like my wife and I said, and if you haven't heard this, we have a wonderful free teaching on the front of our website called the marriage tune-up, because every marriage needs a tune-up. Some need an overhaul. Some need to be rebuilt. <laughs> um, but this one of the most powerful statements that my wife and I made was, two servants that are married will make the perfect marriage. Two masters will make the most terrible marriage. Because not one of them are trying to serve. They're just both trying to lower their opinions over each other. Y'all don't like me today. Do y'all still like me? Y'all still, y'all gonna come back next week. First time vendors are like, I don't know. I have to come back a couple of times and see how crazy you are. Y'all, this is truth. This is Savior behind. Because let me tell you what I, my wife and I can't stand. Why don't I, uh, now we're saying this more from our circle of friends. It's a different pastor in the church. But before we really passed in the church, it was like, how come we can't count on one hand the number of people that we would want a marriage like theirs. So we decided to be an example. Amen. We start out wrong, for better or for worse. There's no place in the scripture that says anything about being worse when you get married. What I read is when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing, not a terrible thing, not an unsubmitted thing, not a complaining thing, not a raggedy thing, not wearing a stocking cap on her head every single day thing. When a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. So we should have preached this with me today. Don't start, Mozart. We needed the other side. So, part two, yes, she said part two. Y'all, scripture says nothing about for better or worse. It says for better or for better. So I'm encouraging you. I don't want you to hear this. We got really off, but how many of you know that's a good off? You need to hear these things. You're not going to hear it in school. You're not going to hear it in the street. And for some people, say, like, well, it's too late. It's never too late to get it right. Sometimes you may have to start over again. You know what I'm saying? We had a wonderful testimony that Raphael shared. He's gone. Raphael shared yesterday about his wife. She was with one guy, had a child with him. Married another guy, had a child by him. When she married the second guy, there's a single guy in my audience. She was a member of our church. Married to another guy. The single guy in my audience is being plagued with dreams that this girl that's married to another man is his wife. And the Lord even showed him the baby they were supposed to have together, which is the boy. And it happened so much, he, he begged the Lord, Lord, I need you to turn this off because this is wrong. You know, this is a different case. But little did he know that that woman would divorce that man. 
And I still remember, I brought it to my wife, I still remember, they were in the back of the sanctuary, and Raphael was talking to Fagan. And I, I saw the way that Fagan was looking at Raphael. I told my wife, I said, something is going on over there. Watch, wait for it. You know, a woman looking at no man like that, googly-eyed, and she not. Sure enough, they ended up getting married. Hey, we have wonderful testimonies of people. Your failures in the past don't predetermine your success in the future. It will not matter. I, it, I know a couple right now, they have a wonderful marriage after, after the husband cheated seven times. And the crazy thing is, I said, why you cheat? He said, I don't know. And when she opened her mouth, I said, yeah, well, there it is right there. Her attitude was, watch this. This is my hair. It's my clothes. I don't need to dress for him. Let me get this right. He's, I'll do this to men and women. You want your spouse looking at other women? No. You want him to be interested in somebody else? No. So let me get this right. He's married to you, and you only want him to see you for the rest of your life. Yes. Don't you think he should like what he's looking at? And it's amazing how we do that with men and women, and that was the first time that they realized that because Satan was clouding their judgment. But if you carry yourself as a slave to your spouse at all times, you won't need to clear up nothing because you are their personal slave. Oh, Lord Jesus, it looked like we're not going home early this day. I need to jump in right here at this point because there's something's been stirring around in my heart since he began talking about marriage. He mentioned about your judgment being clouded. And that is so key because when we're married, I mean, there's so many ups and downs that we face. I mean, days of discouragement, days of encouragement, great days, bad days. I mean, we, I mean, illness, loss of employment, financial issues. There's so many things that happen in, in the on the course of a marriage. There's so I many, particularly if you've been married a long time because you fought through those things. I mean, it could be infidelity. I mean, it could be anything. But when you have poor judgment, you then can open the door to another party. There can be another person, while you're already fighting through issues in the marriage and maybe your background is different from his background, and you have issues and you have not successfully worked through those issues, you can open the door then to infidelity. There's another party, so maybe the wife is not what she should be, the husband is not what he should be, but then you yourself allow another individual to come into that marriage, and now you are completely blind to what the wife or husband could be. When you get married, yes, the husband has issues. That's why he's called the woman to be the helpmeet. The husband is not gonna show up on the scene perfect, but many single women are looking for perfection. They're looking to be rescued. They're looking for the man to come and fix their issues. I'm a single mom, and I'm looking for him to come in and pay my bills and take care of me and give me all my dreams, make all my dreams come true. And that's not how it works. And, and on the other side, the man's looking for her to do everything and, and fix his brokenness from his childhood or his teenage. He's looking for her to fix his brokenness and all his insecurities and all his fears. It doesn't work that way. So then when you go along in that marriage and the brokenness is there, the issues are there, and they're not being repaired, and the couple individually and collectively are not looking to the Lord and looking to his word to fix it, then judgment is off. A door is then open to another party. And then your mind is clouded and you think that the grass is greener on the other side. 
that my wife is nothing, my husband is nothing, and this person, this is truly the man of my dreams. This is the one I should have married back in high school, back in college. This is the man of my dreams right here. This is him. Or she is the woman of my dreams. She is the one who will submit to me. She was the one who will obey me. She'll the one, she's the one that will just, you know, have me going every night of the week. She's the one, not my wife. But then you realize after the fact, when you have left that person, and you have broken that person even further, that this person is not going to be that one either because all of us have issues. There may be different issues, but we all have issues. And through love, through respect, through prayer, can those issues be healed? Not by inviting a third person into the marriage. It will not be repaired that way. So you might, you, you're going to have to not be deceived. This person may look the way you want them to look, but behind that door, when your marriage is completely broken and your family is broken, will you, see, will you then see the truth? And I have to give you one example of this, um, this person that was in my life some years ago. She was married, had three beautiful children. Now the husband was some great superstar. I mean, I don't know what she had in her mind, but he was a great provider. He was good to those kids. He was good to her. But there's something in her mind that she wanted that was just not coming to pass in this marriage. So she allowed herself to be discontent. Both Christians, both love God, both going to church, both serving in church in different capacities. But she allowed herself to open the door to this other man. And as a result, she did leave her family she did move to another state with this individual and called me crying when she got there because the sheriff had come to evict them. And I told her, if you call him, her husband, her ex-husband, if you call him, he'll come get you. Because I knew the love that he had for her and those children. He wanted his family to be, and he was willing to forgive her after her infidelity. And after all the pain that she had caused him, he was willing to forgive her. And I knew this about him. And I told her, if you call him, he will come and get you. He will come and get you. And I believe God was giving her one last chance to get it right. One last chance to turn from her deception. She did do as I told her. She did call him. And he did tell her, I will come and get you. I will get a moving truck. I will come get you and the baby that she had with the other man. I will come and get you. And you can come back here and you can live with the children. I'll find another place to live. I don't know any other man on earth like this one. I can't even say my own husband would do that. But he told her, I will come and get you. I'll get the baby. You can live with the kids. I'll find someplace else to live. And she still didn't. She stayed with that man. The one that she left her good man for. You have to be careful of what you conjure up in your mind of what a good man really is. What is a good man? Because she thought this other dude was the good man when it was her husband who was the good man. So long story short, she married this other guy, stayed in another state, left her children with the ex-husband. And you know the end of the story, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. 
they ended in divorce and now she's out there by herself with this baby away from her children and she has left the life that she thought wasn't a good life to now a worse life so I'm just simply sharing with you I just really want to encourage you all to be very careful in how you view or how you formulate in your mind what is a good thing what is a good person what is a good marriage what is a good situation because we all have ups and downs in our marriage. We've been married almost 23 years. Trust me, believe me, Angela and Mike, I mean, Violet and Devon, if you've been married any length of time, there have been issues there. And when you first get married, it can be difficult just adjusting to marriage, adjusting to doing things together, submitting and yielding one to another. But if you grow up before you give up, you will make it. You will make it. If you give up, there's no chance. If you continue on the path of just seeing things wrong, doing things wrong, and not looking to the word, not looking to the Lord, not to fix the other individual, but to fix yourself, to help yourself. I know I came into our marriage with a lot of brokenness. I mean, issues that went on for some time, things I have been deliver delivered of that tried to resurface. There's no magic wand that says that you marry this person, you do it this way, it's going to be perfect forever. The only guarantee is the word. And the word is not going to fix the other individual. The word will fix you. It will fix you. It will help you. It will heal you, not the other person. Because the other person has to love Jesus and want the word and want the Lord for himself or herself. It is a privilege to be called a helpmeet. It is a privilege to serve your spouse. A privilege. Don't mistakenly see that as a chore or the death of you. And if you don't want to do it, then don't get married. So single ladies, single men, make sure you search your heart and ask yourself, why do you really want to be married? And then talk to the married folk to understand what is entailed when it comes to marriage. Because maybe it's not for you. It's not for everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The only way to truly be successful in this life is to be yielded and submitted to the word. And no matter what state your marriage is in right now, it can be healed. It can be made whole. It can be repaired. If you want it to be. Hey man, let me just add this with that, and that is, it does start with you. We spend too much time trying to change other people. When you should be spending all of that time trying to change yourself. Scripture says that unless you remove a telephone pole out of your eye, you can't even see the speck in someone else's. And there are some people that are arrogant enough to say, I don't have anything in my eye. The fact that you said that proves you got a big old house in your eye. You know what I'm saying? The, the reason why we have a successful marriage is because of the Lord, the things that the Lord has shown me that I had to change that I was dead wrong about. And the things that he had, she had to change because, and so, but guess what it was based on? It wasn't based on talking to a counselor. It was based on what the word says. That's the foundation. And that's what made it work. And, and, you know, but you, you got, we have all of these ideologies there. I mean, there's some men that they see a woman as like a little slave girl. You know, and then there's some women that they see men as boys. 
he's, he's just a boy to you and you treat him that way if you if you talk to your man like a boy it's because you a girl you know there was a and, and that i'm just adding some clarity because yeah we should have preached this together but but that's we're going to probably do it next week again but that story that she told exposed the limitations of my love because y'all ever heard me tell the story about that one situation that i wanted a person i was slipping because i wanted a person to go to hell that was that situation i knew i was wrong i knew i was wrong because i had never seen a woman not even in movies i had never seen a woman do something like that to a good man ladies if y'all saw this guy you'd slap me he looks like a model excellent father I mean, the, the woman out of her own mouth said, he's a perfect husband. It's just this one thing. We don't have more of this when it came to this type of stuff. Left that dude. And, but the other dude had that one thing, money. The guy she left had eight qualities that the other one didn't have. And that thing killed me. I'm dead serious when I tell you that killed me. It didn't even happen to me, but that thing killed me. And, um, and that's why when she tells the story, I don't know why that broke me. I don't know. Maybe it's because I know him and he was a great guy. I don't know. I mean, he was really a, really a great, great guy. I mean, he's just Superman. And I told him, I sent him an email, I said, dude, you're on another level to me. Cause I don't know if I could have done all of that. He saved that girl several times. She lived with another guy and the guy just doing her wrong. And the husband goes and rescues her, brings her back home. She goes back out there again left her whole if you saw their family all her friends left her they said I will never be friends with a woman that will leave a good man like that but her judgment she saw a good man as nothing but a little boy and slave and there wasn't nothing wrong with him it was something wrong with her and it shows you how if you don't do your part you don't just affect you and your spouse and you put stuff into your kids women your daughters will treat their husbands the way you treat yours. And men, your daughter will marry another version of you. The best thing you can do is be the best person that you can be, not trying to force other people. Why would you get upset when other people have not changed, when you yourself have not changed? That's the last one for real. We've been way over time, but this has been good. We gotta hear stuff like this. One of the most wonderful videos that I saw on Facebook, and I saved it. I thought I had erased it, but I saved it. Was a man that married a woman that was paralyzed. She could not walk. I think it was a pastor or something. And he married that woman. He loved her, even though she couldn't walk. And the love of that man, see, that handicap represented the handicap in your spouse. Maybe they talk too much. Maybe they don't handle money correctly. Maybe they don't talk enough. Maybe they get withdrawn. But that handicap represented that misfortune in that woman. And he would take the woman out, and he would take her dancing. He would pick her up and hold her. Wonderful, he just danced with her. Wonderful, just handicap, okay? But he didn't see that. And that man, by his love to love her past her handicap, caused that woman to have faith and strength came in her body and she received an instant healing. 
me doing all of this, all of this time we spent was worth it just for that last statement. Somebody got loved out of their challenges. Somebody got loved out of their handicap versus being judged and treated like a bum for it, okay? And that's lessons that all of us have had to learn. Unfortunately, most have not learned it. Because if God treated you the way that we treat other people, you would be depressed forever. That's the only reason why you can even smile and even come to church and praise God when you don't feel good is because God does not judge you because of your handicaps. He judges you by what he said over you. And that's how it is. And not everything will survive. Unfortunately, there are some things that y'all got me. So my wife and I are very transparent because that's the only way we can help. We've got too much pride today, but that thing. So I'm just encouraging you, start where you are. Some of you need to repair your marriages. Some of you, you know, we have a couple situations where that thing is pretty much at an end. People got to move on. We've had situations like that, you know, and, um, but just be careful because God sees and records everything. He sees and records everything. And there are people even at a powerful church like this. Tell my wife, if it wasn't for the fact that I saw that Jesus dealt with issues from his own disciples and Moses, who was the meekest man in the entire world, dealt with issues from those individuals that he was pastoring, I would have gone crazy. Because, because our love to see people make it causes us to overextend our, excuse me, I can't even lie, causes us to overextend ourselves at times. And we end up wasting our time with people that are never gonna get it. It's just unfortunate. Some people, they will never get it. Thomas said, I refuse. He I refuse to believe unless I can talk to the man myself. I refuse. And there's some people like that, they refuse to believe what that word says unless Jesus appeared to them. And there are some people that are so callous that if the Lord appeared to them, they still wouldn't do it. That's just unfortunate, okay? So, I don't even know if I'm completely healed from that. I know that I've forgiven the woman because I had to go before the Lord and said, Lord, I am totally wrong. How many know you are wrong when you want another? You, I saw what she did to the guy. The guy fell in complete. You talk, he was like a Job situation. I have never, that, when I tell you that thing scared me, I ain't never seen nothing like that. I've never seen a model man and a woman come against that and that taught me something. It's not how many mistakes or not that your man has or a woman. It's your mentality. Because Jesus does not judge us according to our mistakes. Would you say amen to that? He doesn't judge us that way. And yet we judge others. The ones that are the closest to us that way. Our marriage is a whole complete different than when we started and we didn't start bad but our marriage is better it's supposed to go better and better and better okay not worse and worse and worse that's a decision that's up to you so we've held you long enough go ahead and stand thank you jesus Let's just lift your hands just worship the lord for a moment father we bless and honor your holy and majestic